Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast. On a Tuesday, we're recording this one with our buddy, our pal, Chris Trevino. does a great job covering the USC Trojans as part of our coverage team at uscfootball.com. And this is our first Parastyle Podcast together with Chris and myself. You can follow him at Chris and Trevino over on the Twitters or obviously go to the Parastyle and check out everything that Chris has had to say about the team and recruiting and all that. If you have any questions or comments for the show, Chris and I plan on doing a regular show every week. You can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. And from there, just say, hey, this is for Chris and Ryan. And we will put it in our little Google Doc and uh, answer your questions, talk about whatever you would like to talk about. If you'd rather call or text us, you can do that too. 424-254-254. 9141 is the number. Uh, you can send us a text at that number or leave us a brief voicemail. We appreciate those. And if you got Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and follow us there. It's follow now, not subscribe. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review. We appreciate those. But also, if you're over on Spotify, you can now leave a five-star rating. So we appreciate all that. And it does help to grow the show. And I think having our buddy Chris on is going to help grow the show. I'm really happy. You're, you're a full-fledged member right away on this podcast, by the way. And I'm not going to go away. Uh, next episode and say that the, the podcast is over. So you're, you you feel like this is a safe space for you, Chris. I I absolutely appreciate that. And it just feels so good to be welcomed with open arms instead of having <laughs> to go through a arduous application process that means nothing essentially at the end because everyone leaves. So I'm very happy. You're not going to leave, right? I'm, no, I've been around. You're, you're sticking around? You're... It's been, yeah, since 1996. So I'm not going anywhere. Okay. So you're, you're safe. Safe space, okay. like I said. Okay, okay. And just a quick correction. I believe this is actually our second Peristyle podcast. I don't know if you remember this. You probably forgot because if I were you, I would have forgotten it. But (laughs) the very first show or like interaction we ever had, like as new colleagues post 247 Scout Merger, you brought me on to your podcast. I think it was this one. I'm pretty sure it was the Peristyle podcast, but it was terrible, Ryan. It was like the worst thing I've ever done. It was like, I was so uncomfortable. I was so awkward. It, it was just a mess. I'm surprised you didn't do that podcast and immediately call up before seven and like the merge is off pound the table. Like I can't do this. This isn't going to work. It was just like, it was like my first podcast ever. I had no idea what I was doing. It was just terrible. We did it over Skype. I remember it vividly, vividly. Sometimes it keeps me up at night. Um, Dang. So, like, I, I apologize for that. I don't know if you remember that. You probably don't. You do so I, many podcasts, but I don't. That would be 2017, I guess, right? Like, 
Yeah, it would have been around that time. And if you if you're if you're listening to this and you actually heard that podcast, do not send it to me. I don't want it. Don't bring it up. I hope it's, it's buried under like five thousand of these. It's on our feed. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go listen to it. Like I just no. It's 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 so bad. It's like <laughs> terrible. Like if you work in the intelligence intelligence agency as an FBI or C uh, CS, uh, C CIA agent, you should use this. Just play this to get interrogations. It's like it's so cringy. They'll just give you everything. Like make it stop. I don't want to listen to this anymore. <laughs> okay, and so I guess that's better than putting someone to sleep. It's just, just, but it's cringy. It's just like I just like oh, I just can't take it. It's just, it's just so bad. I I haven't listened to it ever, but I just knew in the moment like this is this is terrible. So this is a redemption pod for me, and hopefully a string of many good pods uh, with you in the future. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I just, you know, from a personal standpoint, it's, it's, it's great to see how far you've come, uh, in doing this kind of media. Cause when we first, when we merged, so, uh, we were part of scout and scout ends up being bought by two, four, seven, and we merged the fight on two, four, seven sites in uscfootball.com. And Chris was already doing a great job, uh, and mostly writing stories and cranking out stories, you know, three, four five a day, just, just, just producing a ton of content, but probably didn't do as much multimedia stuff. So it's been great to see you kind of dive into the multimedia stuff and find your own voice, which is all anyone has to do. You're going to have your own style, your own, uh, humor, you know, the way you're going to bring some levity to podcast and information and all that. I think everyone has just, you just have to be yourself. And, uh, it's been great to see you be able to do that. I'm reading between the lines and I'm not going to do tunnel vision. You've already done television. We've had you on a bunch of times. I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm not signing up. I'm not doing official official tunnel vision member. I, uh, I, I see what you're gearing up towards. You're you're winding yourself up to ask me to do it. I'm already declining it. I think it was already like decided that you were going to be doing it. So we're gonna. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to talk about that off off podcast, <laughs> off podcast. But uh, I do have a couple questions about this podcast. Oh, you're okay. Let's go with it. I'm I'm new here. Yes. It is cursing allowed. What what's the fam is this like a family vibe? I would curse on Family Feud. Keely would have to dub it. What what's the vibe here? Okay, so Keely's gonna edit a lot more than I do. When so these shows for me are gonna be stream of conscious, just it's like you're taping live, and if you say too many ums or butts or likes in a row, I'm not going through and fixing the audio. And if you happen to swear, we let it go. I don't think you're gonna get a like they put like the explicit ratings on some podcasts. If you were swearing all the time, right. but I think the bit was you would like throw one in per yeah, episode. Yeah, it was just one one f bomb per okay. episode. But now I'll try to be a little bit more. If a if a swear word comes, it comes. But I'll I'll be conscious of that. Okay, I think it's fair. Actually, that was kind of my only question. Just can <laughs> I swear on this show? I just wanted to I just wanted to feel because Family Feud was like the kind of like the indie label, and this is like corporate. We're like big time, right? This is like this is no, yeah, this is big time. This is corporate. This is actual sponsors. This is like we sell out here, right? This is like a sellout pod. Speaking of selling out, we want to talk about Trader Joe's <laughs> because they we're not selling out to them. They've been great to us for the last few years. This is not a fake corporate sponsor, like Chris said. There's it's an actual real. sponsor. It's all real. And it, the good part is, it's like if it was some like if it was like a Hyundai commercial, and I don't drive a Hyundai, it would be like. All right, well, that you know it doesn't really make sense. I go to Trader Joe's all the time, and if you want to, you can do it as well. And I know a lot of people have wrote in like, "We need a Trader Joe's in our town." In our town, I actually pass it along and see if they can uh, build a Trader Joe's where you are. But if you go to TraderJoe's.com, 
You could always get some great ideas. I would always go to these parties, Chris, and be like, where's this snack from? Where's this snack from? And they're like, oh, that's Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's. And I would go and I couldn't find it. So I go to the website to try to get some ideas. If you click on a little discover tab on the left side of TraderJoe's.com, this is right up my alley. Uh, how to build a charcuterie board, not charcuterie with a bunch of cheeses and stuff, which I love, but this is a chocolate Ch- one. Chocolate. I, and I think this was, this was, this came out like a week before Valentine's day, which obviously, so there's, they have a, a great picture with some pink and red roses and all different kinds uh, of chocolate. There's a YouTube video that shows you what's going on. They go over charcuterie board basics. Um, there's different textures. So there's like a, uh, like a rich and fruity, uh, chocolate strawberry bar bark that has, you know, that you, you know, snap and, uh, it's real crunchy for you. There's the chocolate covered almonds, the honey grams, the, uh, dark chocolate covered honey grams with sea salt. Like you need the little sweet and salty stuff. And then even like the spreads, there's a cocoa almond spread. You can mix with some pretzel sticks, like a lot of cool stuff on there. I don't know if that's up your alley, Chris, but I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. You had me at chocolate. And I'm just so excited to be a part of an official sponsorship, Trader Joe's. My girlfriend loves Trader Joe's. Big Trader Joe's uh, family we are. So it's all about the Trader Joe's. She she sherped me through my Trader Joe's experience because I'd never been to one prior to California. So oh, so big big Trader Joe's guy. Yeah, and that's awesome one over at USC at the at the Village and stuff. If you guys want to check that out, we're you know we hopefully uh, we would love to incorporate. The fake corporate sponsor, though, from the Family Feud was funny. So we can have a real sponsor, but we could also have a fake corporate sponsor the, later the, on. The so. dream, the dream, and maybe it's too meta, is to have a real sponsor for the fake corporate sponsor. I that don't know how that would be pretty awesome. That would be, you know, full circle. That would be my that my moment. If that could happen in 2022, I don't know. You have the connections. This podcast has the connections. If anyone's listening and wants to be an actual sponsor. For the fake corporate sponsor, take it or leave it, then absolutely we'll get that done. That would be amazing because, like, we just mentioned Hyundai. So, for whatever reason, so, like, so this is Hyundai sponsors are right. fake corporate sponsors. So, you make up a sponsor that Hyundai is sponsoring, is essentially how this would work. Uh, I've been dying to sell out since 98. Let's get it. <laughs> let's get it going. Somebody. Very cool. Uh, awesome stuff. Well, we have a few topics we want to get to, and we got a bunch of questions. Chris tweeted out. Um, on the Twitters. That's going to be a uh, regular thing. So I love doing questions. So I love hearing people ask different questions, but you know, some people ask the same question a thousand times. So we'll try to edit those into one, but I do love non USC questions too. If you have anything funny you want to ask me or outside of the realm of USC, but we have a ton of Trojan questions and a couple of, uh, uh, non USC questions of, and people ask me about my tattoo. I'm going to update you on that. So we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah, so we'll get to that. Uh, before we get to that, we did get a text message from our friend, Sir Eric of Troy, I want to read to you. He says, hey, Ryan, I'm in my 234th consecutive month as a member of the Peristyle. At 10 bucks a month, that's $2,340 I've spent. And I want you to know it's been worth every penny. I was just thinking, why not check and see who's been a consecutive member for the longest and shout those guys out. I, too, might make the list of being in my 20th year. Keep up the good work. Even though Dan is retired, shotgun transferred and Keely graduated. You're still a man. Your biggest fan, sir, Eric of Troy. Shotgun's still around. Everyone thinks he's gone. He's here. <laughs> he's putting up a ton of content. But like now the basketball team is good. He's insufferable on the front page of just putting up stuff. So um, I'm actually going to be going to the Pac-12 basketball championship with him. So that'll be kind of fun. But sir, Eric of Troy, thank you. So just so people know, like there's no way to really tell. Like when Chris was saying, 
we were part of Scout, joined Scout in 2014, and then merged with 24-7. And I think a lot of that data mostly has carried over. Um, so that's what, the last uh, seven, eight years, which is, that's great. But we started in Rivals in 2001. Um, so there are people that have been subscribers for over 20 years, you know, 21 years, I guess now. But when we moved from Rivals to Scout in 2014, all that data wasn't uh, taken over. So someone like Sir Eric of Troy, I mean, he remembers he what year he joined and all that. So unfortunately, Sir Eric, we don't know for sure, but we've had a lot of people say, hey, can I get my time for, uh, since it was a different network, there wasn't really any easy way to do it. But it, we've been so lucky. We appreciate all of you for uh, all, everyone that's subscribing. If you don't, if you're not, you can do it for a buck. Get on there and subscribe for a buck. But we've had, had a long long list of longtime subscribers, Chris, and we, we appreciate them. Man. They've just been the lifeblood of the, the website and allows us to do things like this and, uh, and, you know, kind of create new content. And especially now it seems like we've, we keep hitting new highs for, for all time subs. And, you know, obviously the Lincoln Riley boom was, was great for us. And we appreciate all the new people that have signed up and we appreciate people that have, you know, been here since the beginning, like you mentioned, like guys like Eric. Um, so it's, it's all coming together and it's very fun to watch. It is, it's, it is awesome. And, uh, you know, when we, when we grow, I try to grow, our team and grow our site and uh, you know we're gonna do some more hiring we've had a few couple new writers tried out on the site and uh it's been you know we'll see how all that goes it's been it's been great um you know i've been lucky enough to have some great people that work for me and move on to bigger and better things which um i'm happy for i don't want them to have to stick around the, the website forever you want them to go and uh spread their wings a little bit so it's great to see keely do that and you know i see dan wikey all the time he's the lakers beat writers on tv all the time now you know and just you know, just a few years ago, he was on my website, and I was teasing him about typos all the time. So it's great to see these guys and gals move on and, and do great things. So we're happy for them. Uh, but we roll on here on the uh, USCFootball.com interwebs. Uh, I did go to Vegas this weekend, Chris, for some Super Bowl action. Former USC employee Paul Goldberg and his wife Jen do a great Super Bowl party every year in Las Vegas. And uh, so, yeah, Paul used to work for Tip Tesselon, who just um, – retired uh, at the beginning of the year, but I was going out to Vegas. I'm like, Hey man, why don't I stop at Bishop Gorman and check out some uh, USC prospects? Yeah. I, I had no idea you were going to be a Bishop Gorman. I got a text <laughs> with Gerard and shotgun. You were like, Hey, I'm going to Bishop Gorman. Uh, who should I talk to? What do you want me to ask these people? And I was like, did I miss a text chain? I had no idea you were going to Bishop Gorman, the premier program in Las Vegas in that area in Nevada. So I was like, Okay, okay. Ryan's out there hitting the hitting the high schools like a like a college coach. Yeah. In the spring period. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think of that campus? It's amazing, and yeah. I try to do this sometimes. I like going on vacation, so like you do, I remember going. I, I was going to Hawaii. I was going to drive to the North Shore from Honolulu, and I said, nah, I'm going to stop by uh, St. Louis High School to a Tonga Vailoa. Interviewed him, and uh, oh crap, I can't remember the linebacker that from the next class that uh, ended up at USC. But I interviewed those guys and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, get a little work in and then I'll oh, drive to the North Shore and then go hang out the thing. But same sort of thing. And Bishop, and Bishop Gorman's, I mean, St. Louis is great. Kamehameha High School is the most ridiculous one uh, in Honolulu. Like that's, that, that's like, they have like unlimited budget. Their practice field has 270 degree ocean view. Like that's amazing. But Bishop Gorman is like a college, like you go in there the weight room, like every weight station has like a TV on top of it. So you can 
you know, everyone has digital readouts of what they should be doing and stuff. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. If you go to high school there and then you visit some other college campuses, like the college isn't going to be as nice as your high school. So it's probably not a good yeah, thing. Let, let's be real. It probably has nicer facilities than like UNLV right up the street. Yeah. And it's, it's the Fertitas too. Like yeah, yeah the, the big, uh, you know, they, the Fertitas have a building at USC. Uh, I forget what it's like. It's a corner of like exposition and fig maybe. Um, I forget what the building is for, but they, yeah, they got, they got lots of money. And, uh, I think their kids went to Gorman. Um, but yeah, you, and they got uniforms. Like I went in there, I got a tour. This was a couple of years ago, but like, you know, if the Oregon has like zillions of uniforms, like this is a high school. They had, I think at least like 11 different uniforms. Like there was a ton of uniforms that you could, uh, use. I mean, it's, it's yeah, there's that. That's the new thing. High schools getting, you know, multiple, selections to, to pair with their uniform. I mean, Bosco has started doing it. You know, they release what, what outfit, what uniforms are going to be wearing for big games. So, you know, it's a thing, you know, Nike, these schools hooking them up become the new, uh, arms race with high schools is these, these cool uniform combos. Yeah, it's, it's nuts, but they, it was great. And, uh, uh, my friend Bridget works over there. I sent her a text. I'm like, Hey, can I stop by? So she like arranges it. Uh, you know, they're obviously, so the people I talked to, um, there's other prospects and stuff there, but there are two USC signees in the secondary. Um, and, uh, so, and then one commitment for the class, uh, of 2023. So Fabian Ross is a four-star cornerback and then Zion branch is a four or four or five star ish, uh, safety top, top uh, 100. He's a dude. top hundred guy. Yeah. Um, and they both are USC signees. Saw them both over at the Poly Bowl. So far, I put up the um, Ross uh, video story, uh, but I haven't put up uh, the Zion Branch uh, story yet. But you can check those out. And, you know, they kind of talk about they're a small class. There's only eight eight of those guys in the class, but there's a big transfer portal group coming in with them. And you know, I asked them about the Caleb Williams saga and all that kind of stuff. So you can check that out up on USCFootball.com. But you know, the more interesting one is they. The little brother, the branch brother, little bro, uh, Zachariah, five-star, little speedy wide receiver, um, five-star receiver from Bishop Gorman, who committed on Christmas Eve. Makes a guy like Chris do a lot of work on Christmas Eve when that happens. Like that's not fun. Um, but yeah, he's uh, also so I got to talk to him for I don't know five minutes or so, just a one-on-one video interview. Great, great kid. It was fun to uh, to chat with him, and you know, he, Chris, you know, you usually have uh, the quarterback of the class want to talk about recruiting and bringing in guys. Zach Branch the leader, is the leader. He's a recruit. He wants to be the recruiter. Like Malachi. No, like he wants, he wants <laughs> to be the recruiter. He's like, I, you know, I want to go to the, I'm going to take all these official visits. I want to, my official visit to USC said, I'm going to do it on the biggest weekend so I can help recruit while they're there. Yeah. Um, just great stuff, uh, from him of what he wants to do. And, He's, if you look at USC's class ranking right now for 2023, they have three commitments. They're all five stars. So it's like a 99.34 or something is the, the, the average is incredible. <laughs> the average rating is incredible. I mean, it's not going to hold up there, but you know, 2023 could be a special class. And yeah, I mean, those three guys right now are the foundation and them being all five-star guys, big name guys in the class, you know, especially Malachi, they're going to be able to recruit. so so easy you know they're going to be able to dm anyone they want they're going to be at all the top camps 
and we say this every year when a when a when a school has a top commitment, especially a quarterback like you just mentioned. But when you get a guy like that, they're going to be at all these camps. They're going to be at all these seven on seven tournaments. They're going to be able to just talk to anybody, and they're there's they're already no names. So their 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 words and their pitch just carries so much more than you know an early three star commit for a class. No offense to any three star early commits, but <laughs> I'm just saying like a Zachariah Branch or a Malachi Nelson pitching you in a group chat and Makai Lemon, you know, means a lot more. So I think you're going to see a lot more early, uh, early payoff in that, in that sense. And he was funny. Um, I'd asked him like, how high do you think this class could be ranked? And he had mentioned like the Texas A&M one, like, you know, I mean, he's shooting for number one. Like he, it just seems like he's going to take this recruiting class personally, which you, which you like that kind of thing, you know? And, uh, he, he said he talked to, uh, um, yeah, I, he has a pretty close relationship with Dennis Simmons. Um, you know, that's what, you know, he talks to him more than Dave Nichol, but he's going to play both, you know, move around and he can play inside, play outside and stuff. But he had talked to him when they were at Oklahoma. Um, so he seems to have a good relationship there and, uh, you know, likes the offense, likes having a guy like Caleb Williams coming in. So it's, uh, this is a, a you know, this is a big one. It, it just talking to a guy like that, Chris, if you remember, like, just, we haven't had an opportunity to like interview five stars that are like gushing over USC in the last like seven years. It just hasn't happened that often. Yeah, it's been like maybe one. You know, I feel like Bryce Young was the last one, Corey Foreman, but those guys weren't committed early. Well, Bryce was, but you know, a guy like Corey played out the process. Um, Bryce obviously was early commit, but he had he backed off before the the meat of the season. Um, but yeah, three guys this early. That's that hasn't been done in a long time at USC. So that, that is a nice feeling to, to talk to these guys committed early and are obviously going to push a lot on the recruiting trail uh, to help the coaches out. For sure. Um, but very yeah. quickly. Oh, yeah. I know you've, you've talked to uh, Fabian and, and Zion uh, frequently. You've interviewed them. You, you tend to pick out future TV personalities like with Talano Hufunga. Did you, yeah. see, did you see any? Have you seen anyone so far out of that group that maybe, you know, catches your uh, media eye? So I, I like talking to Ross, but he can be a little, you know, he'll be a little quiet about things. He'll get a little shorter answers. Like, I think Zion Branch was probably of the three, you know, the most seasoned. And uh, okay. I would go with him. Like, he was, a, you know, kind of the leader in the clubhouse kind of guy. I like I liked talking to him. I, don't, I wouldn't say he's, like, to the level where I would have him go. I thought I'd actually have him interview, like, his brother or something. I thought that'd be kind of funny, but I don't know if he can talk about a prospect, uh, even though if it's his brother. Um, so I didn't try that one. Just so, like so we're still searching. Stuff. We're still searching for the Talanoa, the next Talanoa. That's a tough one. It's that's a, yeah. the bar is very high. Um, right. But I like, I, yeah, Branch was great to. I mean, uh, sorry, Zion Branch uh, was really great to talk to over in um, Hawaii, and then you know at, at Bishop Gorman as well. And no knock to quiet guys, baby Ross, as a quiet guy myself. Yeah, you know, you're going to eventually come out of your show. We've, we've seen guys go through the process where you interview them when they're 16 and they're pretty quiet. And maybe by their senior year of high school, they're a little bit better. And then a year or two or season in college, and they're like just talking nonstop. You know, it's it's We've seen guys that are just, you know, it's good because it's just like if you're going to interview for a job, like if you've only done one interview in your life, like you've never interviewed a job, this is your first time. Okay. Uh, but if you've interviewed interviewed for like 10 jobs, that's just like right. 10 times the experience, you know, and the more interviews you do in the media, you'll say like, Oh, and then you read it back or you'll watch your video. And you're like, 
I don't really like that I did that. I'm going to, next time I ask, get a question like that, I'm going to say this or, or just the way you answer, the way you hold yourself. I think you can kind of work on all of that. And I'm sure these guys will too. Yeah. We even see that in like a recruiting cycle. I'll talk to someone in like February during the seven on seven and they'll be like, oh, I've never done an interview before. And they're kind of like nervous. But then like by the time signing day comes around, they're like, oh, I got this. So that's sometimes it happens even quicker, that, that much quicker. Yeah, in a shorter period. Uh, but it's great to see him. It's good to get out there and uh, check those guys out. And speaking of Vegas, you know, USC Hoops is doing pretty well, Chris. I'm not a big hoop guy. You know, Shotgun usually wants to talk about basketball. I don't know who you are or where the real Ryan Abraham is, but get him out of here. Get him yeah. out of here now. But while I was in Las Vegas, USC beat UCLA at hoops. In the hoops, uh, one by three. It was at the Galen Center. Sold out. Big student section. We had uh, Anthony and Nicole down there in person doing videos and all kinds of fun stuff. We put up a ton of, I think, seven pieces of content from that game alone. Uh, fifth win in a row for USC. And the Trojans are number two in the Pac-12 right now behind Arizona. So looking pretty good to get a bye in the Pac-12 tournament. And I was like, I like coming to Vegas. Why don't I just come out for the tournament again? And then I text Shotgun. He's coming out to LA. So we're going to drive out to... Las Vegas together and uh, check out the Pac-12 tournament. Um, but yeah, big win for for the Hoops team. And I don't know, maybe build a little momentum, Chris, towards the uh, postseason. Yeah, obviously Drew Peterson was just freaking on another level. You know, he, he had a really good first half, just all around doing everything. And obviously they, they did not have Isaiah Mobley. He was out with that broken nose, thought he was going to play, but he had concussion-like symptom, symptoms. So I had to sit him. So, I mean, that should give USC some confidence moving forward. Like, hey, we were able to take down, you know, a borderline, you know, a team that was in the top five at one point, And we were able to take them down without our big man. And then to have a guy like Drew step up like that, especially down the stretch, you know, just making every shot, doing all the little things, you know, the blocks, the assists, whatever it may be. You know, he just stepped up in that moment. And if they can have him do that in March with Isaiah Mobley, and, you know, get Boogie Ellis rolling again, you know, this could be a scary team. You know, a team that, you know, went deep last year. They have experience. They know what to do. Some intriguing young guys. Um, so it could be a really good uh, really good uh, postseason for this group. And I don't really remember much of that game because I don't know if you, if you were following along. I was drinking every time <laughs> Bill Wallen said Conference of Champions. It didn't get too bad. You know, I was expecting maybe like a like a 15 or from him, but we we held him. The defense held. He only had like six or eight or something oh, like really? that. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. it, it was very low, very low. Um, he got me two quick ones at the end of the first half that he snuck in there. It was like bam, bam. You know, we, we what were you we doing got, like shots or what were you doing? I, I was doing like bourbon. Okay, I wasn't <laughs> doing shots though, not shots. Like I'm the lightest of lightweights. I was just sipping. So okay, sipping so was, like sips sipping is like shots to me. If okay. if, if I had done shots, I would have been dead. I would have just been under the table by the by midway through the first. So, yeah. So that was a cool little, I don't know about cool, but I tried it. I just felt like doing it. I don't know if I'll yeah. do that again, but, but yeah, it was a good game, you, though. you got lucky that it was only six or eight. Oh, I got incredibly lucky. He, I don't know. Someone check on Bill Walton. Someone was up. He was <laughs> off his game that night. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully for me, he was off. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so stay tuned with a bunch of hoop stuff we've been doing. Uh, it's been great. I wanted to talk about a story Chris did a few days ago. If you're a VIP member, you can check it out. It's his way too early predictions for the USC football 2023 
recruiting class. So Chris likes doing predictions. And for those you know. that, for those that don't know, I'm a prediction guy. They're just yes. fun. I do I do ten bold ten bold predictions every year going to the season. I've probably done that like five years running. I don't know, um, but yeah. And then I do weekly picks. Those are a little bit more fun. This year, this year I started tracking in season how I did. I did okay, uh, not great, but I am looking forward to USC predictions with Lincoln Riley as the head coach. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think this is the first time I believe I've ever done like recruiting predictions uh, this early. So might have to start doing that in February. You know, the recent clash just ended. Looking ahead to the next class and something I can revisit, you know, in December and then the next year. So. I, I, I went ahead and tried tried some recruiting predictions out, uh, had a good response. So I think I'm going to keep doing those in the future. Yeah, no, I like it. And uh, one of the things that, you know, you you had uh, Dante Williams helping sign a five, five-star defensive prospect, which I don't think that's going too much out on a limb. He's been doing that for a while. But Dennis Simmons finishing number one Pac-12 recruiter, because that's something Dante Williams done, I think, the last three years. So Yeah, he, he has the three-peat. He has the dynasty officially. but you know, dynasties end, Ryan. Sometimes dynasties <laughs> end, and you know, Dennis Simmons is a comparable recruiter uh, to uh, Mr. Dante Williams. You know, Dante's had to carry the load a lot at USC, but now he's got another elite top ten guy like Dennis. Um, I would say those two are, you know, in that top tier. If we're if we're putting USC staff in tiers up there with Lincoln Riley, who is an elite recruiter. Um, but I just think Dennis is going to get it, get that spot. Um, you know, obviously USC is building an amazing wide receiver class. Uh, and obviously Dennis, the wide receiver coach has a big part in that. And I think he can help recruit as, you know, the associate head coach, Lincoln Riley's right-hand man. He's going to help recruit other positions as well, especially if he locks up his, his, his wide receivers up early, you know, he can help recruit at other positions, say running back or line or whatever, you know, he can help all over the field. So I just think that's why I'm picking Dennis Simmons. I don't like betting against Dante, but that that's how I'm going right now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, you know, we can't talk about recruiting. Like, it's very exciting. People, you know, the fact that I went to Bishop Gorman and talked to a bunch of highly ranked players, way more reaction we're getting now than we were before. Um, but there's still some naysayers that are just like, oh, if you talk to, I talked to a five-star wide receiver USC commit. What about linemen? And you, you you are saying that you think USC signs at least two top 150 offensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Ryan, we know that USC has struggled to sign top blue chip, uh, four star, five star offensive linemen the last couple of years. That's something the fans and the message boards have really harped on every time we we talk about a recruiting story. Like you said, you know, can he play tackle? Can he play tackle? That that sort of running joke. But yeah, I mean, Josh Henson, you know, he's a guy who has proven that he can develop, uh, you know, those three-star guys. He's done it when he was at Texas A&M, but he's also proven that he can sign top offensive linemen, top-ranked guys. And USC needs a mixture of that. You know, USC is going to be losing a ton of experience after this year. You know, Bobby Haskins is a one-year rental grad transfer. Andrew Voorhees, you know, he can't be here for an 18 season. He's got to go on. He's got to move on. Uh, I expect Brett Nealon, this will be his final run. Justin Dietrich, if he has a good season starting, you know, he could be off. So that's at least three guys you're going to be leaving. And there's not a lot of solid depth behind them. They need to build up that depth. They need a big class um, of offensive linemen in 2023. 
Obviously, they're still looking for transfer help for this cycle. Josh Connerly in 2022, the big five-star Washington offensive tackle. He can easily be in this 2022 class. That would go a long way to helping um, break that drought of top offensive linemen uh, spur, spurring USC. So I think Henson will get it done. Um, and I think he's going to get uh, a sizable class uh, next season, a couple of three stars. But I think, you know, he's going to have to bring in a couple of uh, big name guys and top 150, top 150. You know, that that's the goal, I think. And then one last thing for you on this, Chris, did you have a favorite prediction or one that you, you you've the most confident if you had a confidence poll? Ooh, confidence. I mean, you had mentioned the Dante one, but that one's just too like on the. You know, that one's just too easy. I don't say easy, but, you know, that, you know, Dante has signed a five-star the last uh, three seasons, I believe, something like that. I mean, he's technically considered a recruiter for uh, for uh, Zachariah Branch. Um, so, you know, he's well on his way to helping out get another uh, five-star. Um, but favorite one, hmm, let me see. You know, I, I like my running back pick. I think they're going to sign a top 150 running back. Um, but I have to go local, and I have to go USC signs one DMV prospect. You know, I am from the DMV. If you don't know what that means, it's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Um, that's sort of the uh, the nickname for the area. You know, USC has started, you know, building a little bit of a pipeline. Obviously, Caleb Williams, he he's a DMV native. He's watched play in high school, his high school football at uh, in Washington, D.C. You know, Colin Mobley. Uh, played at my alma mater, Dematha Catholic, a, a big national powerhouse out there. And they have their hand in, USC has their hand in play for a couple of guys out there. You know, Nicholas Harbour, the absolute freak athlete. He's like six foot four, runs a 10, 300 meters, is ridiculous. Um, you know, they're in the line, for, they're in line with him. You know, four star Ed, Ed Rusher, Dylan Gooden, uh, Jason Moore, a guy they offered, you know, back when he was a freshman. So, there's a bunch of names out there, and I think, you know, getting those guys on campus, getting them around, you know, a native like Caleb Williams, Colin Mobley, even Shane Lee, he is from Maryland, um, getting them around those guys when they get on campus, you know, I think it's a good, it's, it's a big, it's a big selling point, you know, to say like, hey, you know, I know it's tough leaving the East Coast, but it's worth it out here. So I think, you know, once they have some comfortability there, you know, you know, they'll be around other guys from the area, from the region, who knows who knows what it's like out there. You know, th I think that just builds a little bit more, you know, that family bond. So I think they can snag another DMV guy uh, for the third consecutive year. So I got to go local. I think I just feel like I just got suckered into letting you talk about DMV for like three minutes. So Yeah, I mean, if I could talk about DMV in every <laughs> podcast we do, I think I'll try to sneak in. That'll be my new thing. Like the F, the F bomb and Family Feud would be like a DMV plug. DMB play. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably better. Uh, all right. Well, uh, check that out over on uscfootball.com. Lots of great content up there. And if you're not a member, like I said, you can sign up for a buck. So it's an easy deal. Um, $1. $1. $1. And then you get Paramount Plus, too. So after you're, you start paying, like, that's so cool. Like, Paramount Plus. 1883. Awesome. You were just watching that. I was Paramount just watching Plus. 1883. If you, you know, um, it's like, have you seen that show, Chris? Yes, uh, my mom loves Western, so we watch that. So if it's uh, it's like the precursor to Yellowstone. Um, and yeah, it's like Kevin Costner's like great-grandfather is like the one of the main characters. And um, I guess his great or 
great aunt or whatever is like the the uh she's like the narrator or whatever or his yeah so anyway but it's it's really good but sort of like the oregon trail yeah crossing uh, out in a video yeah basically it's 1883 you're going across like crazy land with bandits uh friendly indians and maybe not so friendly indians and you know terrible weather tornadoes famine uh, rivers stealing and yeah the so disease basically you could die anyway you know quick offshoot how long would you last i would i would kill it i would do well you you would do well oh you would you would kill it yeah oh no i would i would yeah i would be like shooting guns i you know i might get hit by a stray bullet or something but i would not be like but you're you're not, I'm not drowning you're not in the river you're, you're, i am not drowning in the okay. river i yeah no way like i'm what yeah no i would be the prepper guy i would be ready to like okay no i it'd probably be miserable like there's a lot like well, you know everyone is miserable yeah uh but no i wouldn't be like there's people that just like die cuz they like got run over by a wagon wheel and stuff there's all these different things that you can like you could just die. Like strong people can die, so I could die. But like I wouldn't be one of the ones that like just gets picked off because of some stupid thing, you know. Like there's just people that die from like dumb things all the time. You're like, ugh. Um, have a little pride. Come on. What? Yeah. How about you? Would you last? I'd be very cautious. I I understand what would need to get done. Like we have to do this. I'm listening to my trail leader or the old grizzled cowboy who's leading us. I'm listening. I'm doing whatever he says. I just want to live. I don't think I would make it. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think I'd make it, but uh, I would try. I would yeah, try I think my you'd have to have like the horse riding skills. Like I've ridden a horse a couple of times, but I, obviously you'd have to be really good at it. Um, but like when, when the old grizzled guy says, don't stop the wagon when it's going across the river, like, yeah. So I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm making sure this wagon's moving the entire way across the river. Cause the old guy told me to do that. And he survived a lot of these things, but then the, the settlers from Germany or whatever that don't know what they're doing, they would stop the wagon and they would go, then they would drown. And it was just like, oh, I don't know. Just keep going forward. Keep going forward. Just got to keep going forward. Seems weird to drown in like four feet of water, though. You know, like, I, I mean, I guess it's rushing, but like. You can technically drown in like two inches of water. So. I know, but I, mean, I can swim. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know, whatever. But uh, we got a little tangent there. But 1883, good show. But you can get that on Paramount Plus and a lot of other cool stuff. South Park, they're putting the new stuff up, up on there. Uh, and that's one of the benefits of being a subscriber. Um, you get the free streaming stuff. So uh, people doing the streaming nowadays, Chris, instead of like the, the channel surfing. Big streamer. I don't yeah. have cable. Big stream guy. So Yeah, I don't have cable anymore either. It's crazy. Um, and one last thing, a uh, little newsy stuff. We haven't do our sound. The breaking news sound. Rick Caruso, head of the board of trustees, will step down. Um, he's going to run for the mayor of Los Angeles. So he's the guy, the big billionaire real estate developer that, you know, put up the Grove and all that in LA. Didn't see him a lot. I mean, they had, they had a really bloated board that was just, you know, not well run. Uh, it's probably causing more problems than anything. I think he's been on the, the, the chair since 2018. We didn't really hear much from him about that kind of stuff until they hired Lincoln Riley. Then he was out there front and center. Cause it was actually a good decision that they, they all put together. Right. So then we hear, they, they were like, Oh, we have pictures of Rick Caruso. Like, I don't, I've been around USA a long time. I don't think I ever got a picture of him uh, at an event, but he was at that one because it was hiring Lincoln Riley, but he's going to step down now. He had a um, seat in the front row oh yeah. of that press conference. I, I know because they got kicked out of that row. Like this is for VIPs. 
Oh. VIPs. I, I wasn't VIP, obviously. And he was like up there. Like we have pictures of him on our website because he's right. up there with Mike Bone, um, you know, Lincoln Riley, like those guys, Carol Fult. Like it was like president, AD, chair, and head coach. It was just like you could tell they're like patting themselves on the back. Like they're really happy that they did this, which they should have been. It was just a long time coming. Like USC fans have been waiting, you know, decades for the administration to make a good decision. So once they finally made one, then we see <laughs> we see Rick right. Rose out there. But he's going to run for the mayor, so he's stepping down. Uh, I don't know what their process is. I don't know. I'm not a big board of trustees person and knows all that kind of crap that's going on there. Probably should, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're big into that, Chris. I am not, but I am into deep pockets, which he does have. So if he wants to sponsor fake corporate sponsor go right ahead that how perfect would that be you know um it's like if he, if he wants to sponsor us for his run to ma- the mayoral mayoral office whatever yeah i will sell out for that yeah we can do that like carol fold actually came out and said we can't endorse anybody but you know we're wishing all the candidates you know it's like your former board of trustee you know chairman you can't say hey we hope you get the bear job um but we can we can say whoever we want you know it's uh if he's gonna if he's gonna pay us, we'll take the money. Sure, I mean he he, he offered Brandon Sauce a job. You know he could sponsor. He could do the fake corporate sponsor podcast. So anyone knows Rick, like let him know we're here. We're here for you. And he helped bring. Do you think he him be having helped bring Lincoln Riley to USC? Will that be his like number one platform point? Uh, I mean, yeah, like it's gonna be the t- like I developed the Grove. I brought Lincoln Riley to USC. I don't know. I'm so not number sure two, I... you think like number two? I think I just want all the campaign ads to feature Lincoln Riley in some regard. They, it has to. I think it would do something like that. Although his, I think his daughter was partying with Aunt Becky's daughter on like a yacht somewhere. You know, that was probably. I do remember that. That yeah, there was. Some... <laughs> I, I I look forward to that. Uh, on the campaign smear, that smear <laughs> ad. You know, a month before election, I I can't wait for that one. Yeah, those like it's like some mega yacht or something. Like, oh my god, like people have more money than God. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, no more Rick Russo on uh, the board of trustees or the the chair of the board of trustees. Um, we had one other topic I wanted to bring up before we take a break and go to questions. This this is a question, this is a voicemail, but it's a topic I wanted to talk about. So I want to bring it up with you, Chris, and we'll discuss. Okay. Oh, what's good, guys? This is Evan from Tempe. Uh, I was just listening to the uh, Colin Coward, uh, the volume podcast when he interviewed uh, Ed Orgeron and uh, Ed Orgeron was saying that he'd be down to uh, come back to USC as an assistant. Um, and so I just kind of want to know what you guys thought about that. I, I think it'd be a great idea. Um, I think he's a tremendous recruiter, a uh, tremendous D-line coach, tremendous DC. I, I think that uh, he, as of right now, is better than both Alex Grinch and Sean Newell. Of course, we shouldn't just fire them so that we could bring on Ed Orgeron. It would depend situationally how it goes. But if something happened to the point where we'd have an opening uh, on the D-line as a D-line coach or as a D.C., you know, what would you think about uh, bringing back Edo? Uh, I think it would be a great idea. So uh, let me know what you guys think. Peace. Uh, thanks, Evan. I don't think Orgeron's actually been a defensive coordinator. Has he? I don't remember. I don't think so. No. I, mean, I, I can look that up in real time. And we've actually got – a couple questions about this, so this is a good segue into our question portion. Oh, okay. A lot of people asked about, you know, the Colin Cowherd interview and, you know, would USC bring back Coach O? Can it happen? Will it happen? Do you want to lead this off? Yeah, well, I, I would say with... You covered him. Yeah, I mean, I covered him. I have great Ed Orgeron stories. Um, 
he's just he's amazing. When you want to like think about why is somebody a good recruiter, it's sort of like the politician stuff too. Like you, there's a lot of people you got to remember. Like if you you talk to like Brandon Huffman and get him on your show or whatever, you talk to him the segment like, and he starts bringing up some recruit from 2011, and I was like, I covered him at this, you know, is it, we're in Seattle, I covered at this camp, and his dad said this, but I remember I knew his uncle, and like, they, it was it was raining from the northwest corner, <laughs> there was a You're, woman, our waitress was named Sandy, it was, yes, the, the yeah. vivid details. I tried to get a, a, you know, a harp, but they didn't have it, so I yeah. got a different <laughs> beer, um, but raining in Seattle, that's not a, that's not a big, bold prediction either, but anyway. Oh, come on. Orgeron remembers all that kind of stuff is really good with the families. I, you know, covered him at SC. He was one of the first, I think maybe the first assistant coach I had interviewed. And I think when I recorded it, it was like something was broken. The beginning of the recording. And I think it was, I called him over the phone and he was like, yeah, right. We'll do it again. And he just, he was just like the nicest guy. Um, and would do whatever you needed. And it was great. You know, he, you know, he, um, Ends up getting fired at Old Miss later on. And I think it was like 2009. USC had got like nine guys in the senior bowl down in Mobile. Like John David Booty and a whole bunch of dudes. I think that was um, Joe Flacco's class too. But anyway, I'm down there. I go to Mobile and run into Edo. And uh, I'm like, hey, coach, it's Ryan. Avery. He's like, I know who you are, Ryan. And just like, <laughs> and he just, you remembered everything about it. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's parents or family walks by I'm like there was like a hedge separating us the other side of the hedge and if you remember like that was the one that got away he ends up going to cal they were just gushing over at or like you could tell that they had a real bond a real relationship even though he didn't even go to usc and that you just see stuff like that you're like okay he's a ridiculous recruiter there's a genuine he's a genuine article and yeah. he relates to people he connects with people so yeah i think i mean on any college campus, I think he'd be a killer recruiter. And he said he loves LA. He wants to take a year off, which is, you know, completely makes sense. Um, but yeah, I know if, if he came to USC in some capacity, I think he would kill it. Yeah, absolutely. And to update, yes, he was, he is listed as the DC uh, USC between 2010 to 2013. You know, maybe it was like, I don't know what period that was. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. He was, he was like technically the DC. Yeah. Okay. yeah DC D line and recruiting coordinator. So in that period, um, and then the interim, obviously in 2013, um, yeah, I mean, I absolutely feel like you could find a role for, for Orgeron, you know, maybe it's an assistant recruiting coordinator, you know, put him where his strength is. Uh, but like you said, he is taking a year off and I think he does need to take a year off. And the, you know, there is some, there is some baggage that has come with, you know, his departure at LSU. Um, so I think you would need, you know, just time. To, to, you know, to sort that out and, you know, to, to let that play out a little bit more. But it, it's not something like next season, let's bring on Ed, Ed Orgeron, uh, replace Sean Newer or something like that. That's, that's way too soon. I, I, and I don't think it would be sort of like a assistant position, you know, unless there was an opening, you know, we'll never, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but I think maybe someone, you know, it could even be like, you know, how like Alabama hires like all these former head coaches oh, yeah. that like, you know, What's not to say Lincoln Riley takes the page out of Nick Saban's book and does something like that? You know, Ed Ordron's probably in a point where he could, you know, just wants to hang out in L.A., be part of a program, uh, a school, you know, that he knows and is familiar with and 
doesn't want to have to have like a super amount of pressure on him like he had at LSU and just be chill, be a defensive analyst or whatever, and just, you know, help out, maybe recruit a little bit, something like that. Yeah, I would say um, as far as that goes, like, no, Evan, you're not going to fire Alex Grinch or Sean Nua. Like, this would be <laughs> down the road. It could be a year from now. I mean, Alex Grinch could get a head coaching job next year. Yeah. Or Sean Nua could um, become a defensive coordinator yeah. at Michigan or whatever it is, something like that. Um, so I, you know, if that happens and then there's a spot, sure. Why not? You know, like that's, uh, I mean, I think that's a great opportunity for someone like that. Um, you know, it, to you know, bring him in and he, you know, he loves it in LA and he needs a, he needs some time off though. Like Chris was saying, if, if that opportunity, but you're not like firing people on your staff so you could fit at Ed, Ed Orgeron in there, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Kind of yeah. weird. Uh, but I, I mean, but like, I would take it. I would take this. Yeah. This was take it or leave it. I would take it. Uh, I mean, but we've said like Herm Edwards ended up uh, hiring Brian Billick, right, as an offensive analyst. Um, like and Riley could bring in Ed Orgeron as an offensive analyst. Like you have a you have a national championship winning head coach on and your a heck like, of a recruiter on your it's analyst just, staff. Like yeah, come I mean, on. Yeah. Billick for from your Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, that's a weird, that's a weird <laughs> coach in Baltimore history. Like, it was he a great coach or was just the defense just amazing? Did he you win know? a Super Bowl? He did. He did win oh. a Super Bowl. Well, there, Look, I he's mean, got I the know. ring. He probably doesn't have to buy his crab cakes in Baltimore. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. But wait, you're, are you, I thought you weren't a Ravens fan, or you are? Uh, it's my it's my backup team. I'm okay, a Cowboys it's your backup fan. team. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, obviously from the area. Ravens, cool color scheme, cool cool 19 like 2000s logo or whatever they were good you know had the great defense so yeah definitely my backup team okay uh well why don't we let's take a quick break we'll come back and answer some uh actual questions hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle podcast uh i don't use this drop a lot but i like it um yeah it's it's a fun one now for my favorite part of the show what did i say talk to the audience oh god this is always death no it's a we have good questions from the audience we like it um this, we got a podcast is so official <laughs> you have you have sound drops you have music <laughs> what is this this is this, this is you're not part of the Family Feud anymore, we, Chris. We, we were over here banging on 
uh, pots to get sound effects. You over here got Simpsons drops. Oh my goodness. I, I had set up the board for Keely before, um, like her family feud things. Like I gave her stuff like this. Wait. Yeah. Like, like you could have been using that. Like if you said something wrong, like she could have used the family feud X. Um, uh, I had some other ones on there and like, yep, she didn't use them. So wow. I don't know, she likes to do things her own way, you know? Uh, oh, I try wow. to do things a little more professional, you know, than, than what Keely would do. I was out there eating McDonald's. Now <laughs> I'm in the penthouse getting crab, you know, and lobster sent to my room. Nice. Incredible. Um, all right. Well, we got to let's let's start off. Dude, with, we have dude. one more voicemail and then we'll okay. get into your all your because uh, we don't have any more emails or anything or text. So we have all Twitters. I mean, all uh, Twitters, tweets? all uh, tweets. Uh, but let me play this one voicemail for you. Hey, Ryan. Curtis from Moreno Valley. So my new quarterback paints his nails. And he can break for 80 yards at any given time. What a combination. But boy, when we lose, they're going to have so many fingernail jokes on us. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Uh, you think there's going to be fingernail jokes, Chris? I don't know. Absolutely. Because that's what trolls and haters do. Ah, okay. And I, I can see this. 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 I posted this on our TikTok. Uh, the soundbite of uh, Caleb. Uh, and if you're on, if you're not on following us on TikTok and you are on TikTok at Parastyle, follow us. Uh, got a the lot Parastyle, of great, right? The Parastyle, yeah. Got a lot of great stuff coming. But I posted the soundbite of him talking on the Good Morning America on Good Morning America about why he paints his nails. That obviously. Uh, got a heated discussion back and forth between Oklahoma and USC fans and all kinds of people talking about it in the in the comments. It, it got ugly, but I don't care that he paints his nails. I think it's cool he paints his nails. He that's who he is. He does it for his mom, who's a you know who that's her, that's her profession. She paints nails, something she's been doing since he was a kid. Something she was she was doing when she was a teenager. You know she would always do his nails. Uh, it's just part of his 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 swagger you know it's, it's part of his look and like ryan said at the top of the show you know be who you are and that's just what he's doing that's part of his look that's part of his look yeah i love it got, i love it he's got a foundation and he helps kids that were getting bullied and stuff like that's all great stuff so he can he can be out there and paint his nails and if it allows someone some other kid somewhere to like hey caleb williams does this so you know Go F off, bully. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, cool. I, I, I probably doesn't hear the noise when he's signing that million-dollar check with painted nails. You know, what are we? What are, what are they talking about? Yeah, he does got a lot of uh, endorsement deals and stuff. So Yeah, let me him. sign my Beats deal with my painted nails. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. That's pretty awesome. But uh, thanks, Curtis, for that one. Curtis also wrote, called in. He was really complaining about Colin Cowherd because we had him on the show, and he said something about Colin said that – um. Urban Meyer shouldn't come to USC. Like this was like a couple of years ago or something. Mm -hmm. Like he's a fair weather fan. I'm like, Curtis, I don't know. I've talked to this on the Peristyle. Like I'm, you know, full disclosure. I'm like friends with him. We've been friends for a while. He's always, every time he calls me, he'll call me. He's called me. Like you said, we talked about Christmas Eve commits. He's called me on Christmas Eve asking about like, Hey, is this defensive lineman going to come? And like, he is a huge fan. He, you know, yeah. there's, He's been a fan. He says we when he talks about USC. Yeah. He's openly roots for USC. Um, I maybe he said something that you didn't like about USC, but 
you know, I think all USC fans probably have at some point, you know, they've said the coach should be fired or whatever. And to be fair, when he was talking about that, USC was poorly run and it was a dumpster fire. So, um, you know, he was working with urban Meyer and probably wouldn't want him to go there. Like that wasn't the right situation. Um, look what happened to urban Myers. <laughs> I don't know, but I, anyone that's questioning like Collins fanhood, he didn't just become a fan because Lincoln Riley got hired. He's, he's been calling me about recruits a lot for years. So that's just the way he does. <laughs> but sorry, Curtis, I didn't play the other voicemail, but you know, just to let you know. Uh, well, what else have we got on the, the, the tweeters? We have a ton of tweeters. Do you want me to handle these? Just yeah, why don't you head on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a bunch. So let's kind of run through these. I assume you won't be like shotgun and give me a 30 minute answer for every. No, I will not do that. Yeah. Um, massless Patriot asked, uh, discuss what type of offense. And he wrote an offense Lincoln Riley would probably use for USC. I assume he meant offense and defense uh, Lincoln Riley would use. I mean, this is such an overarching question. Uh, but as we know, runs an air raid offense. And then Alex Grinch runs sort of a 3-4 a hybrid defense, sort of similar to what USC was running last season under Todd Orlando. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, Gerard, we talked about it. There's, there, it's usually more of a one gap in their front, so it's kind of simpler for the defensive linemen. They're just kind of blowing up their assignment. And I think they used some more two-gap stuff when uh, Orlando was there, and maybe they were caused some confusion or guys yeah. weren't filling the right holes. Uh, but there's also, it's not, I mean, there's air raid elements, but there's a power run game, I think, to this. Um, yeah. There's some more pulling linemen, uh, you know, pushing people around. I think they've had a thousand yard rusher. I think every year Lincoln Riley was there or pretty close to it. Um, so there's, there's definitely some different elements, but that's the kind of the basics of it. Yeah, it's the most, like, efficient, top of the line air raid you can think of. It has a bunch of different elements. You know, Lincoln Riley is very creative with it. He, he'll he build around guys that he has. He'll tinker with his offense to, to fit the personnel that he has, which, you know, sometimes isn't always the case uh, with some schemes. They're like, this is the scheme. We're going to keep it this way, you know, round uh, square peg and round hole, whatever. I, I, I butchered that, but you know what I'm no, saying. No, that was right. You, yeah. you got it right okay. eventually. Yeah. Oh, okay, took, okay. took a while to get there. Yeah. There you go. So, and then, you know, <laughs> Lincoln Riley will, you know, whittle a little bit, you know, get the get the whittler out and uh and uh make it fit. Or yeah, depending on how that branches fit, like he's not going to make a, a knife out of everything. He's like, oh, this I'm going to make a little hook or something because it's the branches. You know, I'm going to whittle this a different way. Like yeah. Spencer Rattler, a lot different quarterback than like Baker Mayfield, who's different than Kyler Murray, who was different than Caleb Williams. You're going to see, and they all shined in the offense. So he had to whittle them all a little bit differently. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts, who's a bigger quarterback, more power runner out, out, out of the backfield. So he 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 fits it to what he needs and what is best for the offense. And then with the defense, like we just mentioned, I think it is sort of an advantage that USC has run this defense the last couple seasons. So I think the, it's going to be a lot quicker pickup for, all, for the, whatever changes Alex Grinch has in store uh, for these guys. But it's sort of a similar mold. You know, it has that hybrid hybrid edge rusher it has the nickel you know it's 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 you can move guys in and out so i think that's going to help a lot you know the learning curve for this defense with this with these new coaches because as you know one player told me it's like it's basically sort of the same defense it's just supposed to be faster so i think that's going to be an advantage moving forward just already having trained in that system before yeah real quick uh that is from the maskless patriot i 
So I go to Vegas Friday morning and I go to Bishop Gorman. I get there like, you know, after school, right after school ends and talk to my contact there. And she's, I'm like, Hey, do I need to wear a mask when I'm going to the facility? And she's like, no, didn't you? And like, she goes, as of yesterday, the governor of Nevada said, no more masks across the state starting right now. <laughs> so it's just like, he just changed tune, like, um, for you, he did it for you right away. Uh, I guess he apparently follows like what Gavin Newsom does quite a bit. Uh, Gavin Newsom backed it off, but Nevada had, it was like, it doesn't matter your VAC status. It's just like no more masks are in, in required. Now there's some, like stores can say you have to wear a mask, but you're, they're not required by state law anymore. Um, and then California as of, I think Tuesday night or whatever, now they've removed that mask mandate. I think you have to be vaccinated, but if you're vaccinated and you go indoors, you don't need to uh, wear a mask, but LA County is still um, in keeping their own. So I think LA County is the only one, uh, if I'm not mistaken. What is it like in the DMV area? Is it mask mandates or what do you, what do you got going on there? Uh, I would say it's somewhere in between like a California and say a uh like a state that doesn't like texas like texas or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. i mean you know people wear masks and i've seen people like in the mall with no mask which is kind of like oh you know coming from california like where everyone's masked up so it's sort of like you know people wear their masks when they go in the stores and stuff but there are some people that don't and i i don't really know what the what the actual uh mandate is for maryland um I just wear it out of habit. And it's funny. Go, it was weird. It was, you're so used to it. It was weird walking around in a casino and you're like, wow, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And like, they've just changed, like they just completely Yeah. But it's, it's hard to get used to once you're doing, you know, from one to the other. But I was just curious since that was the, he had that in his name. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. I mean, yes, I have no follow up because. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah. We move on to the next one. Uh, this comes from Sheldon Borson, and this one's sort of the back end of this one is asking about Coach uh, Coach O and him becoming an assistant on the defense. But what's up with Dave Nickel? Uh, Dave Nichols, the inside wide receiver coach. I heard rumblings he may not end up part of the staff, and that's why he was not there on media day. Are there any scenarios in which Coach O makes a return to SC as an assistant on defense next year after after his interview on the uh, Dan Patrick show, what would need to happen for this to occur? Um, uh, well, like we talked about, he's taking a year off. I don't think that is a scenario that would play out this year. Um, and as far as Nichols, you know, we, we, we've heard those, those rumblings, those rumors, but haven't heard anything lately to suggest that there's going to be a change. Um, it was, you know, obviously a little bit weird that he was the only coach that did not speak. Um, Ryan, you were there. Um, I don't know if there was anything added in that, in the context that they gave you about that. No, I think we heard he was sick or something, but yeah, it was a little weird, but I, we had heard the same kind of rumblings, Sheldon, but I think the sources that we've talked to, I think we put some stuff in the war room about it that, you know, he felt like he was going to be part of the staff. So, uh, but I wouldn't, it sounds like his connection is like, well, if, if Nichols not there, can Orgeron come in? Like, I, I wouldn't say, I don't think that's going to be the case, but, um, yeah, I expect to see him when spring practice rolls around. You know, we'll see uh, if something changes. Uh, moving on, Matt Davison. Uh, will there any? Will there be any big name transfers on defense in the spring or summer? 
we need to bolster the trenches if we want to compete for a Pac-12 championship this year. Um, interesting question. Obviously, there will be a second big transfer wave after, you know, spring camp. You know, people will see where they are on the depth chart. Maybe they're not clicking well with their new schemes or their new position coaches, new defensive coordinators, new head coaches, whatever that may be. So expect to see a lot of transfers uh, in the spring over the next couple of months. I don't have a, like a list of potential guys, but, you know, I would expect some some impact guys to to come on the board, you know, into that into that portal. Um, the portal has been very kind, to, you know, impact defensive linemen and offensive linemen, uh, both of which USC still could use a couple of. Um, so I would expect some some names to come out on the board. I don't have any like concrete names for you or any rumblings of that nature. But, yeah, USC definitely needs to pick up some some impact guys on the D line uh, to, to help with that potential championship Pac-12 run next year. Yeah, we want to see uh, yeah, Brandon Peely. He's a big body. Is he going to be around? Yeah, coming um, back from that uh, Achilles, Achilles tear, which is always tough. But, you know, from what I've heard, he's been making good progress. So, so that, um, that'd be, you know, getting him back. You know, they added Tyrone Tallini and Earl Barquette. Um, now you lost, you know, Jacob Lichtenstein to Miami. Uh, Manonoto Tifono is Miles Softshire. Um, I mean, so there's some defensive linemen that are, you know, gone from last year. Uh, and, you know, you'd like to bring in a couple. Tra- I've heard that, you know, I don't have any specific names for you either, but, you know, I've heard that that's another area they're going to add. So they've added a couple. And uh, I think you might get, you know, one or two more. Um, but it, like Chris said, spring is sort of be a time to sort of like check out the roster. The coaching staff can see the players that are coming back, who they have. You know, it's like if they see Brandon Pele, like, oh, my God, he's amazing. We want, you know, we're going to build this front around him, whatever it is. Like, OK, that changes the tune. Or, you know, is Maximus Gibbs going to stay there? Um, you know, how's Dijon Benton doing? There's. There's a bunch of guys you're like, okay, we can use him this way, or we, or they were using him this way. We're going to change it to this, and we feel he's going to be a huge part of this defense. Um, they got to evaluate all that, and then I think there will be another wave, like Chris said, after spring ball. Uh, but I think it's going to depend a lot on what they see during spring ball. Actually, quick quick side note to Matt, I did lie. There is a big name that we have heard and sort of alluded to in the war room uh, that I'm not going to say on here because it would just cause a big old whatever. So I can't, can't really put that out there, but there is a rumor. There has been one on a defensive transfer that, you know, because of the Caleb Williams effect that has been out there, we'll see if that comes to fruition in the spring. Um, but yeah, that's probably the, the big one that I've heard um, that we've heard. And like I said, it's been alluded in the war room. Um, so that is something to keep an eye on, you know, for a really big fish to come off to, to enter the portal. But again, just just a, a gangland myth at this point, as I like to say. Nice. Uh, Troy Woolbrandt says, which Power 5 team do you think is most likely to use D-line talent to the portal after spring ball? Um, you know, it's hard to just, like, throw out teams. But I would just say, you know, SEC teams. Just because, you know, like in Alabama, they recruit so well. And if a guy, you know, a high, a big a big signee from a like maybe a class two years ago, you know, was getting beat out by their their stud early enrollee. You know, kind of like Ishmael Sopcher, the route he went. You know, he wasn't breaking into the depth chart, so he kind of said, "I'm gone." You know, I would say an SEC team, 
or any team that has a new he- a defensive coordinator or a head coach, those would be the teams to to look out for. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's like you're not going to be an expert on every Power Five roster, but there, where there has been change, I mean, you have a place like UCLA, they don't even have a defensive coordinator right now. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like watch for the places where there's coaching changes, especially position uh, coordinator changes, and check it out and see what's going to go on uh, with that roster. Because, you know, whenever you're going to have some sort of coaching change, there's going to be shuffling. There's going to be different ideas. There's going to be different opinions, evaluations of all the players, of the players evaluating the coaches. And if they were sort of on the edge of like, yeah, this isn't really the spot for me, but I really like Coach Joe. And then Coach Joe is gone. You're like, well, that was the the last, you know, connection I had to this university. I'm going to go somewhere else. So that's, that's a good indicator. I don't know if there's specific schools, but that's the, that's the indicator. That's the canary in the, <laughs> the, the, the coal mine. Yeah, uh, the coal mine. Let's just say Auburn because I have no idea what's going on over there. Okay. <laughs> we'll just Auburn. say Auburn. Auburn is our pick. I like that. It, perfect. SEC team in disarray. Look out for them. Yeah, perfect. Um, this is from Jason in Longhorn Country. Uh, all the boards are the boards building their expectations up for a fall. Seems like people's expectations are becoming insane. Our roster's upgrading, but we still don't know how it will be how it will do cohesion-wise. Also, this is Riley's first time to take over a program that's not already successful. I think he'll do well in time, but I worry with the massive expectations, we will lead to a ton of irrational backlash on the boards after a bad game slash loss. I think 8-4 and four and a win in the bowl game should be the expectation. What do you think about this? Jason, I think that's a reasonable expectation to go from 4-8 and eight to 8-4, eight and four, but if it was, I mean, I... This is the boards are going to be irrational almost no matter what. <laughs> so I don't think you could say like people are happy. That's just going to make them more sad. No, they're going to be pretty pissed off if they lose a game anyway. Um, it's just better to be happy right now. Just be you know enjoy it. Enjoy but they'll be, the, ha- they'll be a happier mad if that makes sense. Yeah, they'll have more hope. You know, right? There, there is hope. There's, there's some sort of hope there with Lincoln Riley. Um, if there's some big scandal or like go zero and four to start like. I think hope will start to wane a little, but I think at this point, you know, if you go eight and four and there's a couple losses, you're like, there's no way USC should have lost that game. I think that says something too. Cause then you're like, all right, well, you're four and eight last year. You should have went 10 and two and you've screwed up twice and lost two games. You shouldn't have. Um, but the fact that you would be expected to win 10 of 12 games means you've done some major work on the roster and the expectations and all that. Uh, so yeah, it's not even if this team was going to be built like you would see this team built in like two years from now because you know complete roster overhaul. You're probably going to lose some games that you shouldn't lose, and I expect that to happen this year. But I don't think it's hurting that there's going to be higher expectations. I just you know the fan base being happy for once. I'm just going to roll with it, so I, w- I wouldn't worry too much about it, Jason. They're they're still going to have fun this year, and they're still going to be mad about dumb things. So it, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I think eight and four is fair, but you know it's just hard to not see double digits when you have a weak Pac-12 and you have a Heisman winning, a Heisman caliber quarterback coming in with Lincoln Riley. So I think that that the the ten win mark is kind of my expectation. Yeah, and they're not done. This roster is going to get even better. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's going to change the expectation. I think it's just going to like enforce them. Just be like, yep, that's why. That's why I think you're going to win ten games because they're all they added that guy, all they added that guy. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, it's just it's just one of those things. I, w- I wouldn't worry too much about it, Jason. Okay, this one's going to have to make our brain be used. I said that terribly, but you know what I'm sorry. We're going to have to use our brains on this one. Uh, Austin Halloran. Halloran. I hope I said that right. Can you break down full wide receiver numbers you expect with rank and rough yard numbers? Do we have a true number one? Rice expected catch number. Mario goes over 1,200. Mario Williams, that is. Uh, Any chance we see Brew McCoy return Gary Bright Jr.? Number one guy or number three, four guy? What do you expect from Kyle Ford, etc.? Seems like we have a lot of names. Will be a very competitive spring ball at wide receiver. Thank you for the question, Austin. There's a lot to dive in there. Jesus, um, Austin. What, what is it? We'll, we'll try to hit these very quickly. Rank and rough yardage numbers? <laughs> here's, uh, the, here's the thing. Before you jump in here, Chris. Yes. So if you put a gun to my head and told me <laughs> how many yards do the, the receivers that USC had in 2021 have, like how many catches, how many yards, and you have to get within like 50 for each one. I wouldn't be able to do it. Like that's after watching the season. Like I am not going to predict like how many, I mean, I like how many yards did, you know, you know, like Drake London, just cause he was up there and they were talking about his catches and stuff. But the other guys you're like, I don't know how many yards did Gary, do you remember how many yards and catches Gary Bryan had or um, anything? You know, I have no uh, idea. I would guess for Gary off the top of my head, I believe it was like 32 and like eight, 30? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up real quick. Uh, if you don't want to run through these, I will absolutely rock rock this out for you right now. No, you we can do just, it. You, you could just uh, nod your head. Nod no, your I, head. I, I think that's... Uh... Ooh, I, got, I was so off. It was 44 and 579. Yeah, so... They like, had seven touchdowns. This, so this <laughs> is like, I, you watched it already and like couldn't predict what happened already. Um, yeah, Taj Washington was a uh, USC second leader receiver, um, 54 catches, 602 yards, but only one touchdown. Uh, and London had 88 for, uh, 1084 and seven touchdowns. Um, but yeah, like, Dude, would you have guessed like who, like Malcolm Epps was the fifth leading receiver for USC? Like, not would a you chance. Have, yeah. Not a chance. So that's why I would say, like, I could try to answer this, but. But I couldn't tell you what happened this year when I watched it. I, I probably wouldn't be good at it. But let's let's try it. Yeah, let's try as qu- uh, quick as we can. Uh, does USC have a true number one? I think it's going to be a little bit more spread out. You're not going to see a Drake London type. But my pick for who would be the leader is going to be Mario just because he already has the chemistry uh, with uh, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Assuming, you know, Caleb is QB1. Yeah. I mean, you could see like a Terrell Bynum. Um Yeah. It's tough. He's coming in, but he's a redshirt senior. You know, we've heard just amazing things about him. So he could step in and be a, a veteran leader. USC doesn't really have an upperclassman outside of John Jackson. Um, so there's an opportunity there for like a guy like Bynum too. Uh, Brendan Rice catch yard or number of catches. Um, I'm going to say around that 30, 32, 35 range. Oklahoma's uh, wide receiver breakdown, very spread out. Uh, like six guys had 30, 30 catches. Another, and so I, I would say in that 32 to 35 range. I think that's, that's, that's a good observation. If you have, you know, if you looked at what USC had this you know, pre- previous year, it was just, you know, it would have been way worse if <laughs> Drake London played the whole year. But if you're going to have like six guys in the 30s range, 
Like you could probably say, Hey, Kyle Ford, 28, 32, something like that. Yeah. Like, I think all that would make, that would make sense just cause it's a, they're going to distribute it. Uh, and I, I don't see, you know, a, a, a prime candidate is just going to step out and be that Drake London, but I don't know if this offense really kind of leans itself to having do like for the USC offenses before guys weren't necessarily getting open. So it was just sort of like, who's your best dude. Let him go make a play. This should be more, Hey, we've, we, this is a play we're running for Bynum and he's going to be, you know, they're going to have, they're going to double team Mario on this one. And we just, we set it up. So he's going to have a safety on him, and, uh, he's going to be wide open running towards the sideline and can opportunity to turn up field and make a big play. Like, so I, th- yeah, I think you're going to see more of that. Mario Williams goes over 1200 yards. I don't, I would say around no. like 900 is maybe the top if they're going to spread it out more. So I'll say no on that. Yeah. Say, I agree. Um, any chance we see Brew McCoy return? I say no, no. Uh, Gary Bryant Jr., number one guy or three, four guy. I would say the ceiling, uh, I would say like a high number two guy. I think he can be there around where Brendan Rice is. Uh, uh, and then like possibly, yeah, that three, four guy. Assuming he's healthy, I think he has a potential to be the number two in this offense. Um, but I'll say maybe like the third option right now. Yeah, because he has say, the speed, and Lincoln will find ways to get him the ball, assuming, he helps, assuming he's healthy. Yeah, I think in the two to four range, it's probably pretty solid he would be in there, where like high end, he's like the number two guy. I mean, I guess potentially number one. Um, Just give him deep shots. But, get those deep shots going. Yeah, I like it. Uh, ex- expectations for Kyle Ford. You kind of mentioned it, your boy. I think 28 to 35 catches in that range would be a really good season uh, for Kyle. I think he can get there. Uh, be be you know maybe that fifth fourth guy. Yeah, and the, and the fact that they have an inside receivers coach and an outside receivers coach and a tight ends coach. Yeah, I think you're going to find different ways to get these guys in different positions and put them in positions to succeed. And I think Lincoln Riley's shown he can use and utilize different bodies. And he, you know he's he's a different looking cat when you watch him as a wide receiver. There's like a thickness to him that some of the other guys don't have. Um, yeah, and then. And a guy like Lincoln Riley can figure out ways to like, oh, this is how we're going to utilize him. You know, I, I feel like you're going to put him in and all the guys in like better positions. Uh, Joe Pagel, Pagal, uh, he asked about Coach O. We already talked about that, but he did want our thoughts on USC alternate uniforms, mainly a black one. I. Uh, I don't know where you think about, I'm, I'm not a big uniform guy. Like if someone emails me and like, can you believe that they wore striped socks yesterday? Right. And I'm like, I didn't even notice that they were wearing striped socks. Like I, you know, I like their traditional stuff to go full on like black. Like, I don't think you want to go down the Oregon path. Like you're just, you, you know, right. That's not your personality. Um, yeah. I mean, coming from me, just Maryland, you know, they had a lot of viral, uh, uh, uniform combinations. A lot of them I love, including our blackout uniforms uh, when I was a student there and I would go to games. But, you know, I just, I do understand and respect the history that USC has. And, you know, that's one of their biggest calling cards is the history and the tradition. So I don't think we're ever going to see that. Uh, but that being said, the black helmet does look pretty cool, but I don't, I don't think it's ever going to happen. There would be like a lot of outrage, which I don't think you shouldn't do it because of that. But I just feel like that's one of your strengths is the tradition. Yes. Like, you know, Oregon strength is we've, you know, a million different uniform combinations and 
USC says we're gonna look badass, and this is the way we do it. And yeah. uh, there's something iconic to it. Like I, you walk, look at Penn State, like you know what that is. You know, there's, yeah. uh, you look at Michigan's helmet or whatever. Like there's, Notre Dame, you know, yeah, you you know. Yeah, Notre Dame, even Notre Dame does some weird stuff. You know, like they'll do the green uniforms every once in a while. Like if you wanted to break it out, I, I think the team would have to be good. Like I don't think you you do it when you're like a four and eight team. Um, but you know, if you want to, like, you're making a national championship run and it's like a big game against UCLA or something. And they, I'm not saying do full on new uniform, but maybe they change the helmet up or they put a different, I don't know, something. If you were to do something different, I think it's in a big spot like that. Like Notre Dame would do in some of the, the green Jersey games. I think they end up overdoing it and they you know did it for USC. I think a bunch when USC was good, like sort of trying to like take away some of the shine of a USC by changing their uniforms. Like, I don't think that's why you want to do it, but you know, maybe, but I, I I think the team has to get really good. And then maybe you can think about it a little. Let's knock these last runs out. Okay. Uh, how many wide receivers are we looking to take in 2023 space looks tight. That's from Jay from Thessalonica. Uh, I would say three, I think three is sort of like the ceiling. I think they want to get that third high end wide receiver that Brandon that Brandon Innes, uh, the former Oklahoma commit. So I think three is sort of the 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 cap there, um, or sort of like I think they they'll take three, maybe four, but I think three is like the sweet spot for them right now. Yeah, I think three is good. Uh, right now, there's seven sophomores mm-hmm. uh, on the roster. Uh, three of them, you know, four of them are true sophomores, and you got a a redshirt freshman and a tr- and a true freshman um, on the roster too. So it's it's definitely underclass focused. If one of the two of those guys leave, then maybe they bump it up to four. But yeah. I think three is probably a good spot. Especially if they're all five stars, you know, you take them right. and figure it out later. <laughs> uh, Fevered Mine asks, when does the dead period end so we can get hyped about, again, for new potential transfers? Right now, USC is in the quiet period. Uh, so coaches can still communicate. They just can't, you know, see them or they can't come on campus like that. Uh, and that will end in March, uh, I believe February 28th. Uh, because USC will be hosting visitors, uh, and they will have another junior day at the end of March, uh, assuming that's going to time up with around spring football starting. So March is the answer for you, fevered mind. Nice. Uh, from Garvey uh, Hall of Fame, Garvey HOF, uh, is Coach Nua going to turn Foreman into a monster? Corey Foreman, that is. Yeah, I think I, I liked um the no nonsense approach uh with uh Sean Nua like he just impressed me but I, I like Vic Soto coming in too I mean he yeah. impressed me also he was saying the right things you know violence hitting all that stuff so I mean it's just something we're gonna have to see uh obviously it does help that coach Nua you know did have a pretty darn good edge rusher at Michigan and Aiden Hutchinson who could be the number one overall pick a guy he was involved in coach with so I think that's a great blueprint uh, and certainly, you know, that's your hope for Corey Foreman, you know, number one overall prospect. Uh, I certainly think we're going to see a jump from Corey uh, this season. I think so, too. And I think, you know, the whole the best ability is availability. There wasn't a lot of avail- availability yeah. um, from Corey Foreman. So it, some of it's going to be on him where yes. it's like, yes. am I practicing or am I not? And I think, you know, you didn't have the greatest leadership around the program, obviously. That's why they had to make a change. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't just be Sean Nula. It wouldn't just Vic Soto. I mean, this is more of an entire culture thing. Like, it's uh, from the top, making yeah. sure that you're practicing if you can 
you can get out there. You're doing it, not at your discretion or do you feel like it? Um, and if not, then, you know, someone like that, like if it, whatever doesn't work out, like if they feel like, oh, I don't like to be in treated like this guys transfer for stuff like that. I'm not saying anything about him wanting to transfer. But I'm just saying like, that's what you kind of want to see from him. Cause he's got all the talent in the world. Um, you're gonna have better leadership around him. And I think that's more than anything would help turn it, turn him into a monster in college football. Crunch time Trojan watched several Oklahoma games and announcers mentioned other coaches complained. Big 12 refs let OU get away with a lot of O-line holding. The scheme pulls O-line a lot, and by nature, they get a little grabby. Pac-12 refs, refs are notoriously heavy whistles. Is this a concern uh, for USC? Possible headwind for USC? That uh, got a little weird at the end, but I see what you're asking. He was like, he put HH for like Heritage Hall. Heritage Hall. Like, uh, uh, well, you have a different offensive line coach now, so that's, you know, it's not Bill Beanbot anymore, but... Um, I don't think that's something you worry about. Like, hey, Pac-12 refs. Um, we've talked to George Klyavkov about the referee situation, and uh, he seemed to jump on most, if not all, of the Pac-12's problems and admit things were bad or we're going to do this different or whatever. He's been a little, like, sort of, like, defensive. Not defensive, but just kind of standoffish about the the referee situation so they didn't have to, like, bring up, he was asked some questions at, um, I was there for the PAC 12 championship game. He was asked some referee questions and, uh, I didn't get the whole thing. He never said something like, yeah, we got to completely overhaul what we're doing. You got to be hopeful from behind the scenes that it, for once it won't be the conference, the power five conferences throw the most flags. I, I think anything you do, you have to worry about that. It's not like just because, um, announcers mentioned that they got away with holding, uh, I, I don't think that's going to be a, a major concern, but there is a concern just that the PAC 12 does throw more flags. I don't think it would be disproportionate to like holding because Oklahoma teams perceived to hold more. I have, yeah, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. And last but not least, Steve Unger, uh, wants to shout out women's beach volleyball. Will you cover the three time national championships here? Uh, Ryan, you're a beach volleyball guy. I, I am. Um, I think they've won four, right? I think they won three in a row, and then they just won last year, if I'm not mistaken. Like you, I believe won someone it. corrected that and said four too. So, but what do I know? So, yeah. Um, and actually, I just you know I won't tell you all the details, but I had emailed uh, USC Sports Information Department inquiring about beach volleyball. Uh, we want we do want to try to um, cover some of the other Olympic sports. And that was one I had talked about. So we, you know, might get some, some more student help. We were not going to be like covering, like recruiting, like we were going out to some beach volleyball, high school beach volleyball <laughs> or something to, and interviewing, uh, players that could potentially go to USC like we would in football. But yeah, I mean, if there's a big match, um, you know, we could potentially have someone there. Uh, you know, we the problem is, Steve, that just, you know, if we put something like that up on the front page of the website, not only would it just not get read that much, but we would get complaints. Um, not that it's a reason, that's not a reason to not do it, but I would say uh, we will try to put in some coverage of some Olympic sports for sure, but it's not going to be covered anywhere near as extensively as football, obviously. Get us prepped for when the Olympics come. 
Yeah. And I love beach volleyball. I'll go down there. I see I could go down, like maybe we could fill Chris can come down and fill me, uh, getting beat up by the girls, like having hammer balls at me and stuff. You know, it's cool. Get a little highlight video out of that. Yeah. Uh, for the TikTok. It's good. But I could get some big roofs, you know, because the low net, like it's a seven and a seven, seven feet, four inch net, I believe, seven, four and a quarter or something like that. And dudes play on an eight foot net. So like but some of these girls are just hammering balls. Like they would just crush you. Um but if you get a good, you can get high over that net. So you could probably get a good roof every once in a while. But they will roof you. Like, yeah, I played on, you know, yeah. I have no idea what you're saying. Roofing, uh, roofing, popping shots, uh, sand orbs. I have no idea what you're saying, man. No. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. And finally, we have our final, our non-USC questions uh, from our former colleague, or still our colleague, former employee. Akili wants to know how many photo shoots did I do as a teenager? Because I put my another embarrassing photo of me um, for this the question on Twitter. Right. Um, it was just the one. Was, this was that was like, like a class photo? Yeah, was it was like, like a, a. So I went to Dematha where you had to wear uniforms, and then on dress down days, which happened maybe once a month, you could come in and wear whatever you wanted. Um, and then I believe, I think it was my senior year, they had senior pictures in your regular clothes as opposed to, you know, the, the fancy school picture day where you had to wear the, that little half shirt over your, for the picture or whatever. So Uh, I believe that's what it's from. I found the print sheet, but that's what I've been pulling these photos off. It's all from the same shoot, just different poses. So it's just one. Okay. One is the answer. Keely being a little snarky there. Absolutely. I snarked her back. Okay. Um, and finally, I, I, we had multiple people ask me about the update on my 10K tattoo, which if you don't know, at the top of my Twitter, it's pinned. That I said I would get a 10K tattoo if I got to 10,000 followers uh, before spring practice. And they freaking did it in like four days. Um, <laughs> Ryan, I don't know if you have any reaction to this. Uh I, I I mean I I think you're like me you you are not tattooed at all correct yes okay I have not tattooed at all now I'm significantly older than you so I've got a lot longer without being tattooed so it's sort of like there's more reason to not get a tattoo I guess because you've gone this long um I I, I would are you probably worried for me I'm a little worried uh no. I would think small not easy to spot like i don't i wouldn't say a big 10k on the back of your neck would be right. good right. um but i don't know like the back of your like on your tricep or something i, I mean that would probably hurt uh, i don't know were you it's all gonna hurt but were you thinking yes. yeah like, i mean i have some ideas of where getting consultations from tattooed people in my life about it um but as far as the update is, it's going to happen. I'm currently not in California. Some family stuff back home in Maryland. That's why I'm still here. I will be back in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I'm going to get it done in, ta- uh, in California. Uh, my brother, he has many a tattoo. His whole arm is sleeved. He has a tattoo artist that he goes to and trusts in California. That's what I'm going to be going to. So he's going to help me through the process. But can't get that done. Can't get that started until I am back in California which won't be for another couple of weeks. So that is when I'm going to get that going. Uh, it will happen. Don't worry, I'm not backing out. I'm mad at my word. 
so I will give you, I guess, as as I do podcast appearances, updates on that, and we'll probably do some sort of live stream for it. Uh, but it's happening. I just need a little more time because nice. I'm not going to rush it. I'm just not going to go to some bar in the back and be like, hey, Bubba, tap me up. I'm going to get it done right. I, I want to. Did you think this one through? I, I don't think because like I get the you want to get to ten thousand, yeah. but I feel like it was easily attainable if you just tweeted like. I, I, I I'm gonna be and, honest. I thought like it would do like maybe like four retweets, a hundred likes. Maybe I'd get like a hundred followers out of it. I didn't think it was gonna be like what it became. Um. And I think like 20% of me felt like that. And another 60% of me was like, this will be funny. Then another 10 was like acting out because Keely had left. So it's just oh. a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of things going on. There were, I mean, yeah, you, it might've been better to like stop in the therapist office or something because, you know, Keely just like made you a full-time member of the podcast. And yeah. then there's a lot going on emotionally blew up the podcast. It's like literally like a, you were trying to join this club. For years and years and years, and then you walk it broke, in. It broke me, yeah. And then they say the club's closing. Congratulations, right? Oh, here's just, here's your locker. We 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 you know uh, engraved your name on the locker, but we're gonna burn the building down tomorrow. Right. So I I just gotten five thousand business cards. <laughs> Company goes out of business. The stock bellies up. It, it felt like that, you know. Waited yeah. for this moment. Uh, yeah. So that's so maybe should have thought it through, but also I was a little bit of like effort mode. Let's gotcha. just have some fun. As you can see, I've, I've become progressively more, it's just Twitter. Let's have some fun. Let's be funny about it. It's going to cost me, you know, ink on my body, but I've been wanting a tattoo. So at least this will have some sort of uh, connection. So we'll see. I'm going to see it through though. So don't worry. Are you going to, are you going to have a design? Like the 10 K is not just going to be like, TypeScript 10K, like it'll be. No, I, I think I'm gonna get. Cool. I'll, I'll, I think it'll look cool. I had like some flames people, coming out or something. Maybe not flames. Those are, that's like a little 2006. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not gonna be tribal or anything. Let's let's get that straight. Um, but yeah, I, I've had people submit some designs, and I'm I'm gonna talk to the tattoo artist um, to make it look a little. You know, don't want to just Comic Sans 10K on my body, yes. but 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 it'll look cool. It's gonna it's gonna be like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. That's what I'm hoping cool. for. That's the goal. All right. Um, well, I, I can't believe we went for an hour and a half. Uh, this is crazy. Uh, yeah, I think a... the first one we did was 10 minutes because that's all you could take. <laughs> you were like, this is a, this is a, this is a mistake. I this was better. This. But the plan uh, going forward, like Chris said, you know, he's got some family issues he's dealing with. He'll be back, you know, um, when he gets back. And then we'll, uh, we'll try to do more stuff in studio together and do some different things on the podcast, but we want this to be a regular deal going forward. So please send in your questions for, uh, the Ryan and Chris show, whatever you want to call it. We'll, we'll do some of that, but Chris, I think you're, you're working on another one. I don't know if you want to tease that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is shotgun and Keely leaving me, you know, it's become my Joker origin story. So I'm starting my own podcast. And I just wanted to tease it a little bit, get get it going a little bit. Hopefully, I'm going to start that in March when I get back, also, like, with the tattoo. Uh, but it's going to be with me and Gerard. Um, and we've sent you some, like, artwork we're working on, some some names. Nothing is official yet, but I don't want to say any names yet because I wanted to be surprised when we drop it. But I just want to, you know, get that going out, put, put, put people on notice that, 
you know, me and Gerard have something in the in the works, a new podcast to the to the USC football network of podcasts. Love it. All right. Well, we'll be looking forward uh, to that. Uh, I actually have a little tease. I got a special guest coming on uh, later this week. You know, he's in the NFL Hall of Fame, so uh, with some USC ties. So I'll get him on uh, later in the week. And we'll do a show with that. We got to try to get some some recent former players and stuff on too. I got to run into a bunch of those guys at the uh, golf tournament for Darnell Bing. So kind of get their thoughts. That everyone, all those guys I talked to are pretty jacked up about the Lincoln Riley era. So we're gonna try to talk to some of those guys uh, too. But yeah, Penthouse Ryan, Penthouse Podcast. I'm here. I You're made it. <laughs> I'm you are here. My, I'm gonna do it all in a robe. I don't care. Monogram robe. <laughs> We, we, you know, we brought you to the big time, Chris. We wanted, you know, we, you could, uh, whatever, cut your teeth in that family feud thing I, uh, going on. And I was a little street lady in the tramp. I got adopted by a rich lady in Beverly Hills. <laughs> it's all good from here. I'm eating caviar with my, my dog, my dog food from now on. You're like Pip from Great Expectations. Exactly. And, uh, your benefactor is, uh, okay, we're here. We're here. Um, I made it. Awesome. I could, I, should, I could need to do a little more reading. Uh, <laughs> see the 1883, I was like, I want to go back and read grapes of wrath, you know, like the, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, but we'll watch TV instead. Cause it's way easier. Uh, all right. Well, I think it's going to wrap things up. Uh, awesome job, Chris. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to the Ryan and Chris podcast, whatever this is going to be moving forward. And I'm just so glad it, Felt a lot better than the last one. That's all I'll say. Good. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and check that one out. Please don't. Please, uh, for the love of God, don't. Yeah. And because you're on the A, you're on the A show. Like you don't. We don't have to call it anything. It's the Parastel Podcast. Like is what we. There do. we go. What, yeah. Is Sorry. That, yes. Yeah. We're the Parastel Podcast. But yeah, this is like the Ryan and Chris version. We still got the Harvey Hyde on. He's been doing it since 2008 with me. How crazy is that? Like wow. Harvey Hyde's been coming on the show. Uh, we'll get him back too. I was uh, traveling back from Vegas on Monday, and Harvey Hyde had a. Something else going on, so we'll get him back uh, semi semi regularly as well. But for Chris Trevino, I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for tuning in to our little show. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.